You are listening to Get Out of Your Own Way, the podcast about self-sabotage, emotional intelligence, and overcoming our limiting beliefs to pursue the lives we were meant for. My name is Brianna Wiest, and my book on self-sabotage, The Mountain Is You, Transforming Self-Sabotage into Self-Mastery, will be out in June. Today, we are here to talk about what you need to be doing today if you want to be ahead of everyone else in 10 years. Now, overcoming self-sabotage is not just recognizing our self-defeating beliefs and behaviors. It is also the process of choosing new ones, new goals, new habits, new structures. It's not just understanding what's wrong. It's also understanding how we need to make it right. Now, when we're talking about, you know, what we need to do today to be ahead of everyone else, I got to just say to begin, it's not a competition, okay? The competition is you and you, and it is, you know, it is not actually that you want to be ahead of everyone else in 10 years. More what I'm trying to communicate by saying this is, these are the behaviors and habits we need to get into now if you don't want to end up exactly as you are in 10 years from now. You want to be getting ahead you want to be transforming because where you're headed is where you will arrive. Okay. If you look at your daily routine today and you told me what it was, I could probably tell you where you're going to be in five years. Okay. All these things add up. We don't usually just magically get presented with some random circumstance that changes everything. Not really, not usually, not for the big things. It's about how we structure our day to day life. And we're going to talk about how we reclaim our power in this, okay? Even if, let's say, we're in a city we live in and enjoy, but we know it's not for us long-term. Let's say we're at a job that we don't want to be at forever, but it's right for right now. You know, even if we can't lift off and just transform in a single day, there are so many absolutely crucial ways that we need to be reclaiming our power to make sure that in a decade from now, we end up where we want to be. So number one, Get yourself into the presence of people who are making moves. Get yourself into a group of people who are ready to rise to where you want to be. This is absolutely crucial. I will not be the first person to tell you that you become the sum of the people you spend the most time with. But why do you become like them? Because they are setting up what is normal for you. They are collectively setting a standard to which you will rise You will set your life at the normalcy that everyone around you decides. I mean, growing up, that's where we get our concept of what we're capable of and what we're not. It's just whatever we see around us. Whatever's around us that we think is just normal and acceptable, that's exactly what we go for. But if we're around people who set their sights so high, everyone naturally starts to rise. That's likewise the importance of you being that first catalyst person to rise up to something greater than what everyone around you might be doing because everyone and everything around you is going to start assimilating to that. So the people that you spend your life with are pretty much sending the foundation of what your life is going to be. The biggest question that comes with this is, I don't have that group. Where do I meet these people? I don't have friendships like this. That's okay. Most people don't. Usually when you are in a transformative period of your life, a lot of people kind of drop off and you kind of go through an isolation period and then you start reconnecting and rebuilding relationships based on who you've really become. When you are in that place of, I want 
a group of people around me who are extraordinary and going to inspire me and move me forward, just know that all you need to do is hold strong in your will and your desire to make that happen and then just start showing up. Show up to events, show up to hangouts, see who you connect with. You see someone inspiring, message them, be like, do you wanna grab coffee and talk? Show up. That's honestly how I've like found all of my best friends. We just would show up and be like hanging out. We'd connect and some people you'd really click with and it will just naturally start to happen, but you have to show up. You have to take initiative. It's probably not just gonna find you sitting alone in your house. It might, but probably not. You need to take initiative with people and then allow it to just slowly start to happen. And look, it could be a number of years and that is okay. There is something to learn being alone as well. But when we're trying to build a powerful social circle, take initiative. Even if you are just reaching out to people who inspire you and who are where you want to be, that's an amazing place to start. Do that. Even just to have a few people in your life who are showing you what's possible, it's going to change everything. It's going to change absolutely everything. Number two, curate your environment. You are the sum of the people you spend your time with, but maybe even more importantly, you are the sum of your environment. Yes, the people around you are part of that environment, but the fundamental way that you approach your space has an extraordinary impact on how you behave. So you need to think that where you sit and work, what you come home to, every room in your house, your car, your closet, your drawers, you think, well, none of this matters. Yes, it does. You are never going to be performing at your highest if you get into a car that's totally trashed and dirty and you feel like crap every time you go in there. You are not going to feel good if you come home to a house that's not organized or set up or in an inspiring way, whatever, whatever resonates for you. For me, it's very minimal and clean, okay? When I would come home to like a messy house, I kind of fall back down to like my worst self. When I wake up in a clean, organized space, I get into a car that's clean. I'm in my closet and everything is clean and organized. I start adapting to being this responsible, strong, organized person. You literally start curating your environment to start influencing your behavior. You, you know, come home every night to a space that is inspiring to you. Guess what's probably going to happen more often? You create. You're inspired to create. It happens naturally. It's very hard to be in an environment that makes you feel like your smallest self and rise to your highest self. And curating your environment is also an amazing place to start. It's an amazing place to start because I find that growth has a ripple effect. When you change one thing about your life, it radiates out onto everything else. If you become a person who takes pride and care in your space and your environment that's going to start literally impacting slowly everything else slowly you're going to realize my computer is much more organized my phone is much more organized i'm really staying up to date on emails okay now that starts building momentum now you start taking initiative you're getting ahead of the curve and slowly from you changing and improving and taking care of one thing in your life it has this beautiful ripple and it raises everything else and the reason it's doing that is because your story won't, will stop making sense. You can't be you know, an unsuccessful person who lives in a really well taken care of home. It will challenge your self-belief. You'll be like, no, I, I am a successful person. Look at my space. I really take care of this. I feel pride for this. I know that I'm capable. And that one little seed of self-belief is gonna start to sprout into so much more. 
So number three, honor your doubt. Honor your doubt. And the sister to this is honor your discomfort. Now, doubt doesn't mean you are not on the right path. So doubt doesn't necessarily mean that what you're doing is wrong. Sometimes it can. Sometimes I would argue if you have too much doubt, that usually means don't. If you have too much doubt about a relationship, somewhere deep down, you know that's not it. If you have so much doubt about work that it's kind of stopping you from even doing it, it's probably not it. But if you have just a little doubt in the point that you're kind of opening yourself up to just question, that is an incredible part of the growth process because you're actually opening up opportunities for you to see something differently or choose otherwise. Just open yourself up to asking the important questions. Is, the best, is this the best career for me? Is this the best place for me to live? Is this the best I could be spending my time? And when we're open to just doubting even just a little bit, we can start strategizing on how maybe to improve. I know for myself, so many times when I've just let a seed of doubt come in and been like, hmm, this doesn't quite make sense. I'm spending a lot of time on this and I don't know if it's really you know, giving me anything back in return. In some cases I was wrong and in a lot of cases I was right and there was a better way for me to approach it. Now, when you honor your discomfort, that is likewise you seeing that something needs to change and grow. Sometimes it's just your perception, sometimes it's your perspective, but most of the time it's your actions, it's your beliefs, and it's a combination of the two. When we honor our doubt and discomfort, we open up space in our lives to transform and grow. And most people won't even get to the point because their egos are really in the way to even kind of second guessing things. They just say, nope, this is what I'm doing. There is no other way. And they get increasingly more stuck over time. So you're not broken or necessarily on the wrong path because you're having doubt or discomfort. All it means is that there's something in you that wants you to question, even just for a moment, just entertain the idea that could there be something better? Now, sometimes you might find, no, this is exactly where I was supposed to be. This was just who I was supposed to be working with. Things were just a little tough. Great. At least you know that now with certainty because you allowed yourself to explore it. So number four, allow hard things to be hard. Just as much as we want to accept that life doesn't have to be about suffering, we also have to create space for hard things to be hard. So we need to allow ourselves to mourn when we are grieving. We need to let ourselves cry when we are sad. We, are, we need to let ourselves have a completely down day when we're having a down day. Fighting it and resisting it is not how we transform it. Not even a little. Let's say we kind of hit a low. You know, we're having a really bad day and emotionally we're feeling totally drained and just really, really miserable. You might really need to take a day just to get your feelings out. A few ways that I like to do this is um, I like to junk journal. So I have a journal where I just write down all my like crazy unproductive thoughts, just whatever comes to mind. I just journal it all out. And I got to tell you something, it changes in the entire course of my day because I just got it out. Now, some people talk to a therapist or a trusted friend about something like that. Now, some people like to exercise. Some people like to get it out in many different ways. All that really matters is that you find a way to express your emotions. So instead of saying to yourself, I'm suffering right now and I'm always going to be suffering, we can say, I'm suffering and this is really painful and I'm going to let myself feel this, but I know that I will not suffer like this forever and I'm going to take actions from here on out to ensure that I live a more productive, stable, and healthy life. Acknowledging how we feel and then choosing to change it, they go together. 
we can't even really change it if we're still in total denial about how hard things are or how unhappy we are. When we start suppressing emotions, they start running our lives. When we suppress emotions, they don't go away. They get embedded in our bodies and they start controlling our everyday life. Absolutely everyone needs a healthy outlet to get their feelings out. Figure it out young because you want to show up in a decade from now emotionally healthy and strong. And it doesn't look the way you think it might because emotionally healthy people cry, they express their anger, they let it out in productive, healthy, and appropriate ways so that it's not so suppressed that it starts coming out in completely inappropriate ways. We're projecting it, taking it out on people who don't deserve it. We're blowing up over nothing. None of that's what's really wrong. But it starts by opening space to feel what we genuinely feel. Allow the hard things to be hard. Number five, soul search. So cheesy, so typical, so important. If you are in your 20s and you have not read Meg Jay's book, The Defining Decade, you need to get it now. That book absolutely changed my life. And basically her essential thesis is the th your 30s are not the new 20s because what happens in your 20s lays a foundation for the rest of your life. Now, it does not mean that you can't make change throughout the course of your life. Of course you can, but it gets harder. It gets harder. The facts are, when you are young, some of the most permanent details about your life are being decided. Everything from maybe who you spend your life with, whether or not you got a chance to travel. I, I believe there's a stat about your earning potential being influenced by what happens in your 20s. Um, the last part of your brain is finishing its final growth spurt. Who you become in these years is more of who you're going to be than kind of anything else. Now, you can adapt and change that person over time, but this is your most primary growth opportunity. This is your primary growth opportunity. And if you are in it right now, you need to take advantage of it. So when I say soul search, I mean you need to figure yourself out. You need to figure out who you are beneath the surface. You need to start thinking about what you like, what you don't like, what you value, what you don't value, how you do want to spend your time, how you don't want to spend your time. What impact do you want to have on the world? How do you want to spend your days? Ask yourself these hard questions, and if you find that you can't answer them, that's okay. Give yourself space and time. Explore, read, travel. See how other people are doing it. See what's out there in the world for you to potentially experience. Now, if you're not in your 20s, Wonderful. Do it at any point, but especially if you are. Take advantage to learn who you are before you get so stuck in your ways you think this is the only way you could ever possibly be. Number six, read. Read, read, read. I think they say the average CEO reads, what is it, a book a week? 52 books a year? It's something close to that. Reading is essential because when you are reading, you are receiving the distilled wisdom and knowledge, most likely of someone who spent years, if not a lifetime, acquiring it. It's the most powerful thing that you can do to move your life forward. And if you are not a person who you know, enjoys sitting down and reading and that's not your thing, no problem. There are so many other ways for you to do it. An article, an Instagram post, an audiobook, a shorter ebook, Whatever you need to do to get the information, if your form of reading, I know it is for me, is you know signing up for newsletters to get cool articles delivered to your inbox, reading articles you see people link on Twitter, reading Instagram posts from people you love to follow. I read eBooks on my iPad all of the time. So that's how I get the information. And if you're not someone who wants to sit down with a chapter book, 
don't worry about it. All that matters is that you are reading, you are learning. A book that you read this weekend can fundamentally change your life for decades to come. This is because when you acquire an essential piece of information, it changes the way you think, and that is what changes the entire course of your life. However you are able to get yourself to read, just do it. The most successful people you know are reading and consuming information, like, rapidly. You need to start doing it too. Now, number seven, the last one. Stop shrinking your way to wealth. Wow, is this a hard one. Now, when we're young and just starting to get set up, our instinct and a lot of the advice that we get is on how to cut corners or budget better or reduce our lives to reduce our overhead so we're better able to afford it. It is important, no matter what you're making, no matter where you are in your life, always have to have a budget, always want the overhead to be lower than what's coming in. That's a principle in business, but that's a principle in your life. However, and this is a big however, one of my dear friends and mentors who is an investor taught me this, you cannot shrink your way to where you want to be in 10 years. You can't do it. When you start getting into the mindset of, well, I won't buy a Starbucks from coffee this morning, you're literally turning off the part of your brain that should be piecing together ways for you to figure out how you can get to a point where you can buy two Starbucks a day and it's not going to matter. Because the honest truth is, you know, robbing yourself of these little conveniences and joys, would they save you some money each month? For sure, yes. It's not hurting. It's definitely not hurting you. But it's also not helping you in any tremendous way. We need to be thinking about how we can grow our lives to fundamentally support our lives. Is that starting a business? Is that getting a side gig? Is that doing this, that, whatever it is? How can I invest? How can I create more income streams? The average millionaire is seven. How can I expand myself, use my skill set, and create more wealth and stability for myself and my family and my community? Not how can I shut my life down to the absolute bare minimum. I think that's a misperception about minimalism, which is that it is not about just having as little as possible for the sake of it. It's about only investing in what's going to create a return for you. So if you want to be ahead of everyone else in 10 years, you need to realize that the gap between where you are and where you aspire to be is filled only by the person you become. It is filled by your skill set. It is filled by what you learn. And it, it is filled by your actions and behaviors on a day-to-day -day basis. I am sorry to tell you, you are not going to show up in a decade from now and just magically arrive where you've always wanted to be. The work must start today. We have to reverse engineer from where, how we want our lives to end up, break it down by decade, by five-year increment, then by annual increment, monthly, weekly, daily. What do I need to be doing on a daily basis to add up to where I want to be? Now, the, the most basic things, reading, paying attention to environment, paying attention to our social circles, giving ourselves space for emotional expression and not getting stopped up. That's all important, but it's also non-specific. And so in your life, particularly, you need to be thinking and seeing what you as an individual want, where you need to grow, what you need to work on. I said at the beginning, and I'll wrap up with it again, it's not really about being ahead of everyone else in 10 years, but it's about being where you want to be and far, far, far more ahead than where you are right now.